Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Stone Mountain 64, of course, and this is the Fireside Gaming Podcast coming at you February 8th of 2019, working our way a little bit more into the year and the talk of everything right now, especially for my channel and all the content I've been making, of course, is Apex Legends. This game, this is something else. What has happened, and not only to uh, the industry, but to, to this series of Battle Royales as well. This is, it's just, I, I, I can't even believe it. Now, if you didn't sit here, last week I was going on a secret trip. It was for this game. All I knew going down for it was that this was uh, a Battle Royale in the Titanfall universe, which is mostly what got leaked after this event, as well as I guess the press were there the day before. Um, myself, as well as a ton of other streamers, uh, creators were uh, out there in order to be revealed this game, play it for the day. They didn't let us keep any of the gameplay from it. Maybe a couple people did. I'm not sure. But we didn't. I didn't get to take any of my gameplay. And I've been to a lot of events like this where it was there for capture sessions. And there were some people there who had never been to a capture session like this before, or uh, an event like this before. So I was talking to them. And they didn't know really what to expect. And to me, this was very different from a lot of the other events that I've been to before because we literally we didn't know what was going into it. So we sat down. And we first got down there. It was actually down in L.A. We flew down, and uh, it was a. Uh, Thursday I flew down, and then the next day we had a full day Friday just playing this game. Um, when we first got there, though, there was a few people. There was probably like six to eight people that had actually already played it and like given some feedback on it and whatever. And, um, you know, then I, I had the chance to go down, and, you know, they told us all about it. And um, we sat in a theater, and they revealed it to us. And there was so many, there was so many streamers and creators in that room. It was so cool. To just be sitting with some the, the the lead guy too did take a picture of everybody all sitting in the seats. It was like a movie theater type thing. So we were all sitting in these these comfy seats and they were presenting to us what the game's about and you know telling us about mostly what was like what was on the live stream that happened on Monday. But we had to have an idea of what the game was so that way when we sat down we could actually play it, get some gameplay in, and uh, know what we were doing when we were sitting down. And man, it was uh, it was mind blowing to to be revealed like that because nobody else nobody I hadn't seen any gameplay of it or anything which is what the basically happened with the rest of the world when it actually got revealed even though it was leaked that you know this is I saw some articles it wasn't super leaked but there were some articles out chat I don't know if you guys did any of you guys know did you see what leading up to it um I'm curious but uh there I did see some articles and I wasn't po I couldn't post fully NDA'd uh you know, I couldn't say anything about it, but I was just dying the day before. Anyways, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. So when I was there, we got to play it, and um, I got I got my first win on it, which was a one v three clutch. I was pretty happy with. I I still don't have that footage. I don't know if they're ever going to give it to us. They really just didn't want anything to leak, so they didn't give it. They didn't give it to us. A couple of people said they did see some stuff about the Battle Royale, but most people are saying, no, they didn't. Nope, no clue. Yeah, that's, I mean, unless you're really deep looking at, looking in deep, you, you wouldn't have seen, you wouldn't have seen it. Uh, but I got my first win. I actually, it was great. One of the highlight moments for me when I was there was, uh, I lost quite a few games before I ended up winning, but one of the highlights was um, the... These two teams were fighting each other, and I came up third partying. So one guy was sitting on top of a giant cliff ledge. Full auto sprayed him down, knocked him out. And then I went up, as typical in blackout, when somebody knocks out, you just go up and melee him to get the finish because it just one-shots him. I didn't know at the time. doesn't work like that. So I went up, punched him. He went flying off the cliff down to the bottom, and I didn't get the kill. But I wanted to get the kill. And it was, of course, just a knockout. So I jump down and do the execution on him. So I do the spin. Kill him. You just executed Dr. Disrespect. <laughs> I wanted to have that clip, man. And I was like, I'm sorry, Doc. And I think I, he was playing with, I think he was playing with uh, Shroud, too, when we were there. And one of the, um, one of the later games, I don't think it was that game. Because I, then I had my team with me, too. And 
At one point, I got both my team was down. They got knocked out. I ended up going over trying to save them because they called that they were safe. They were in a safe position. So I went down and I was resing them. I've been playing Lifeline the entire morning, so I was accustomed to having my shield. Didn't have my shield. I was going for the res, and sure enough, Shroud headshots me, and I was dead in a half a second, man. It's devastating. So I shouldn't have done it. That was the only time I got to fight Shroud on it. Uh, but I know that was a question that I got a lot this week uh, about it. Um, but, yeah, it was super awesome. Speaking of those two guys, though, I uh, mentioned them because Doc, I actually got the pleasure of meeting. I don't know if you guys saw there was an article. I think I retweeted it the other week, but Doc just uh, joined CAA, which is the agency that I've been with for a little while now. So that was super cool. I got to meet him a little bit. Super intimidating. Not that he's an intimidating guy. I, I mean, I don't know. But he's just, he's so tall. He's a super, he's not joking when he's a six, six, seven, two-time champion. <laughs> he's tall, dude. And, uh, I, you know, obviously he's been incredibly successful with, with streaming and content and everything. And uh, his is just super, super cool. I was, I was kind of blown away. I was kind of blown away meeting him. And I also got to meet Shroud, too. Uh, had a conversation with him. Super cool guy. Uh I actually got to tell him a little bit about, like, he's asking me, like, you know, I've heard of, you know, I've seen some stuff Facebook streaming, and, and I've seen, you know, I've seen your seen your name around for Facebook and streaming and whatnot. And uh, so anyways, I got to tell him a little bit about it because, I mean, that's what that's what everybody doesn't under, you know, they don't they don't know what's going on with it. So it's it's always fun. Like, I love to talk about it. I love to talk with all these other guys as well as I got to. I got to hang out with so many friends that I've met over the years when I was there. Um, and that night they had a little like, uh, uh, hang out. We were just all just hanging out, just chatting at that night. So it was great. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, so that was the trip to LA cool reveal. Um, it, and I got to meet a, a, a bunch of other people as well. It was a, it was a ton of fun. Uh, and the fact that this game, that was how they decided to launch it, which was, which was just a massive streamer, creator unveiling was uh, really unique, as well as just not even talking about it in general, which I guess we could talk about that is the fact that this was a secret launch. They Apex Legends, this game was launched secretly. Um, uh, and there's a few articles about this from the co- creators or executive producers or some fancy name people <laughs> oh let me pull it up here um oh let me reshare this here so if you are watching the video portion of this then you'll see it if not don't worry about it we'll talk about it but there is an article on uh, the verge as well as kotaku a lot of really major sources is mccoy was the person that was quoted in the verge uh, but he was basically saying Basically, to sum it up, it was that this game is coming out, and it's an EA game. EA just bought Respawn in 2017 that launched Titanfall, Titanfall 2, which all around were great games. I don't know if you guys were around when I played the Titanfall 2 campaign or if you've played it yourself. It is one of, it is just one of my all-time favorite campaigns of a game, which... I'm not super big into any of them. The Call of Duty Battlefield ones are pretty fun. That's where I got a lot of my sayings for my YOLO series and all that type of stuff. But this was really a unique game. And, you know, it didn't it didn't end up going to a very big audience, though. Not, not very many people played Titanfall 2. It didn't really stick around very much. Uh, but anyways, the whole point was, like, the EA bought it. EA's really been under fire lately with, uh, you know... The way that they uh, monetized Star Wars, amongst other things, you know, didn't have a great rap. With a game like Anthem launching as well, a lot of people are, are already skeptical. Like, just as soon as they hear it, like, oh, this is going to be bad. It's from EA. This is bad. And they wanted to avoid that. And really, it was interesting, too. Even listening to them talk when we were at the uh, the event, it was very much like they wanted to keep their independence i don't know how exactly they do it or what you know what decisions are really made but they were saying you know we wanted to keep our independence we wanted to launch it how we wanted to launch it we wanted to have it a free to play and like i said i don't know where how much of these decisions go from which of the companies or whatnot 
And it's not to say, anyways. But they decided to make it a free-to-play game, and they said, let's just wait until we have a finished product, and let's just give it to people, and let them play it and decide if they like it or not. Not do the whole lead-up of all the speculative articles and all the bagging on it, which is kind of, you know, it's kind of unfortunate that that's what um, the the media and the, the posts and online and everything has turned it into. But it also led for a really unique experience of a game launch in that this launched as a secret. This was a secret game. They There was some rumors of a Titanfall game coming. I remember a long time. It was like a year or two ago. I remembered hearing somebody say, that there was a, a Titanfall Battle Royale in the works, but even up to the launch, like this is not this is not a Titanfall Battle Royale, and people were even titling things that it is. But this is it's it's set in that universe of that game and that franchise, but it's like twenty years past or multiple years past whatever it was for uh, Titanfall Two, and they're not pilots, so it's completely different play style. There's no double jumps. There's no wall running, which were staples. There's no grappling hook, which, I mean, there is for one of the characters, but it's completely different to how the grappling hook even worked in Titanfall 2. The abilities are different. They just kept, like, the names of the guns and some of the skins and some of the looks and the feel of things similar to it. Um, especially the fact that this is a class-based battle royale is just, it's completely different. So he basically said, we have a free-to-play game with loot boxes. Yeah, so he, they were just nervous about the launch of this game. The article on uh, Kotaku was similar as well. And they, they had mentioned that Titanfall 3 is not in the works in this article, but I did see a, I did see a post that from one of the lead developers on the game where he said Titanfall, or he said Titans in that post. There's something coming. Maybe later this year, maybe next year, something about that. Something about Titans is coming. Whether it's a different game, whether it's this game or some other variation of it, I don't know. But uh, this was also quoting uh, Drew McCoy. He said, the world thinks we're making Titanfall 3 and we're not. This is what we're making in referring to Apex Legends. And he said, uh, to try and convince a skeptical audience for months with trailers and hands-on articles, we're just like... Let the game speak for itself. It's the most powerful antidote to the potential problems. That's that's just so... That's ballsy. To just say, we're just going to let the game show itself. The game's going to do its own work. That's just... It's such a ballsy launch. But how sick is that? And it paid off. I don't know if you guys have seen the numbers at all, but they've been posting them out. They hit 1 million players in eight hours after launching. The, they revealed the game on Monday. They they revealed it, and then 15 minutes later, it was available for download. As soon as they revealed it, uh, I was streaming that reveal, part of this sponsored thing that I was doing. And after it revealed they in eight hours later they hit a million within 24 hours they hit two million within 72 hours they hit 10 million players that's just that's awesome that's that's pretty awesome for i know not everybody's into battle royales too like i'm really into it a lot of my content revolves around it but I get tons of messages from people saying as well that they're not into it. They don't really care. They, you know, and that's fine, you know. But damn, that's a lot of people. I also, I did a top 10 tips video for Apex Legends, which blew the hell up. It's almost a half a million views on YouTube. It's doing great on uh, Facebook as well. But the top comment on it was, I didn't, it was, it was something like, I, I didn't like Battle Royales or I never thought I'd like a Battle Royale. But this is kind of this was more their speed because it is completely different. And it was funny too. I, I uh, retweeted something on Twitter this morning of uh, uh, Hova, another creator. He said, "I don't remember what it was. I can't remember anymore. I'm sorry." Anyways, it's just 
it's just incredible to see. Um, what I do, I I also got a lot of questions though about what I like about the game and what I dislike about the game. And I think it's really too early to tell on this. It's very much right now in what uh, commonly phrased as the honeymoon phase of the games. Right now, it's like, it's just so fresh. It's so, it's just something that is so wanted. Especially for me, like I've been talking a lot about uh, a class-based battle royale. I've been waiting to see something like that. Like a game, and they even said like their inspirations for this were games like Rainbow Six Siege, Overwatch, some of the class-based stuff. That was part of their inspiration for this game, and that's something that like that's a, that's a different. It's a different genre, really. This is their inspiration was also Blackout and a couple other things as well. Obviously, PUBG, Fortnite. Um, but it's hard for me to say like anything that I don't really like about the game this early on. There really hasn't been very many bugs, which also is kind of incredible. The fact that uh, <laughs> the fact that this launched to everybody and had that many players, while some of these other games like Anthem Division 2 have just been struggling with their betas and demos, it speaks to a, a fully finished game launching quite nicely. As well as like a, a Realm a Realm Royale. I was talking about that a lot, Spellbreak a lot lately as well, which are like these games that are going more class-based. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I dislike about it in terms of what I've been thinking, it, the biggest thing that I can think about is just the fact that there's no solos or duos, which is not really a necessarily a gameplay complaint. And I, I'm sure I'll have more, just give it time. But... Uh, even that complaint, I'm kind of sitting on, and I'm kind of not so sure about. It's another thing where I want to ask the audience. Would you guys want a solos mode in this game? Specifically solos. I think duos is it could make sense. Because the game's already set up like squads. And the big thing with a game that has squad class-based games is the reason you have those classes is so that everybody's got their own play style or their own advantage. Or like if you play a medic class, if I were to play lifeline and solos, she's completely, not completely, but a lot of her utility is then rendered useless because the fact that she reses teammates with a shield is one of the most powerful things about her. <clears throat> most people are saying yes to a solos. And I, I agree in that it might be it's good because then you don't need to worry about a team and rely on that. But if you look at a game like Overwatch or Rainbow Six Siege or a lot of these other games, they force you to play in a team. You can't play those games solo. I mean, you could in a against AI, but it's uh, I don't even know if you can in Overwatch actually. I know you could train, yeah, you could do like training mode and stuff, and that's that's in this game too. You could do training in this game. But I don't I, – I agree. Like, the whole reason they didn't was they wanted it – because it's class-based, you have to take advantage of all of the abilities that are in there. Solos necessary. Chat saying here. Solos, duos, four-mans, do it. The thing is you probably would only have, like – I assume you'd probably have Bloodhound or the – is that his name? I think it is the one that tracks and scans and everything. I feel like he would be the main one you would just constantly use because you'd be able to find out where everybody is. There might be a couple other good ones, but you would see like only a few characters ever really being chosen. Even if that was the case, though, thinking about it more right now, even if that was the case, then maybe it would be fun. The class that really, like a lifeline, the class that maybe doesn't have as much utility, maybe that's a challenge then to get a win in solos as a lifeline. Because her abilities don't come quite as much into play. But then it's like, the question is then, will people start to be outraged and try and say, you know, I, wanna, I want the game to be balanced around solos too. How do you balance that? It's the same thing, well, I'm guessing. You know what, I don't, I don't know exactly why they decided on three-man. Four-man might have been crazy to have four different classes. That's half the, the roster of the eight players at the beginning, right? So it's already a lot of people that you're going to be choosing for your team. That'd be a lot of abilities to deal with. It might have been too hectic to have four people in the game, but also it's only a 60, player, 60 players in one match. 
So if you had four people, there would be significantly less teams in those fights. So maybe that was part of the reason, too. I don't know. I don't know what their reasoning was for it. But three bands has been a lot of fun. I think duos would be nice, so that way you don't have to play with a random if you do at least have one other player. Or, like, especially, maybe I'm biased as a streamer, but if somebody leaves when I'm streaming and we have to find a third to replace, it's really inconvenient. So the ability to just switch to a duos after makes it a lot easier. Uh, But that's really the only... I don't know. I, I'm sure I'm going to come up with more things that I really don't like about it. But I would be down for uh, duos for sure. Solos, I don't even, I'm not sure. I really wanted one at first, but now I'm kind of liking the fact that it forces you into squads. It also it kind of brings people, it brings you together playing with some other people. Although you can't just go in and just mindlessly play while, uh, I mean, I guess you could with randoms, but it's not as, it's not as good. What I do like about it, though, and this really caters to the fact that the the fact that they do force you to play squads isn't the worst thing in the world because of the systems that they have in this game. Uh, the fact that the uh, UI and the pinging system is so good, I was actually watching some streamers playing this, playing the console version of this game, just to see how the, the UI, the looting system worked, the pinging system as well. You can communicate very well with your team, even if you're not using voice comms. Sometimes it gets a little out of hand with people spam pinging it when we're dropping in. Uh, Shout out to my squad for constantly doing that. But, you know, uh, the pinging system is great. Whether it's what you need, you can just go into your inventory and ping the item that's missing from your backpack or even the specific ammo type that you need. Plus, the fact that you could ping where enemies are as well as where you want to potentially loot and specify those things, where you want to loot, where you want to go. It makes it so even if you do play in a random squad and they don't want to talk, you can still communicate all the information that you really need to very easily. You're going to have an advantage, though, by using voice comms. By, instead of just pinging an enemy, saying, that enemy's moving to the left to right, or that enemy's a Gibraltar. There's big advantages to doing that. Um, the overall UI, though, has taken what has just been so frustrating from so many other Battle Royales that we've been playing, at least ones that have attachments and stuff, because this game is another step. Like, Fortnite very much is a building game. It's a shooting game, too, but it's really a building game. You can't customize any of the guns that you have. Um, You can't get attachments on them or anything or play different styles with the specific ones. They separate it into, if you pick up a gun... That's the gun's purpose. You could switch which guns you're using in order to change that purpose or your playstyle, but it's a little different with that. And this is very much shooting an ability first too. There's a lot of ability save in it, which I really like. That's one of the things that I really like about Fortnite in the first place is that you can always build yourself up and really like somebody who's a top level pro player almost every time will beat somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing. Even if that enemy who doesn't know what they're doing gets the jump on them. And it's kind of similar in this because there are such high health pools as well as it takes a while to kill somebody. You can react, pop one of your abilities, slide, do something, and kind of recover. If you're playing a game like PUBG, and again, I don't really like comparing the games like this, but just stick with me, you know. If you're playing a game like PUBG, you... Use a vector, catch somebody on the back, full auto spray them down. There's pretty much nothing they can do. Or they're sitting in a corner and just hit you with one shotgun blast. Even if you're full, well, it kind of can depend. But they can shred you, even if you're running in the open, uh, pretty easily. For, for sure, if you're running in the open and you're not close enough to a rock and get, can't get cover at the right angle. In this, if you're fighting a Gibraltar, he can pop a shield down if you start shooting at him. You can try and team fire them. There still are ways to do it, but there's a lot more save that you have in this, which uh, I really like about it. That's one of my that's one of my favorite things. I feel like there's a there's quite a skill gap here. Now, it's pretty easy to pick up on, and the game within a few days of playing, you'll figure out what all the different characters do and get a lot of the basics down. I think start a be- start doing a better ch- having a better chance at it. But feels to me like there's quite a bit of a skill gap, at least at least early on, especially because 
with a good three-man team that we've been playing with, we've been destroying at a much higher win rate than I have on any other game, any other Battle Royale game. I don't know if that's also... It's probably partially because I think there's a lot of people that, like I was saying earlier, never really committed to playing a Battle Royale, and so this might be the first one that they're playing. Um, I imagine they're taking some of the audience from Fortnite and PUBG, but I don't imagine it's an incredible amount. We'll see about the numbers, and we'll talk more about that later. But um, more specifically, one of my other favorite things that I've talked about quite a bit this week was the respawning system in terms of something that I really like in the game. Not once, the entire time that I've played this game, I talked to I talked to some of my other buddies, they have, but for myself, not once have I had to back out of a game and reset. We always have finished the game that we're playing. That also might be a reason that we have actually a higher win percent rate as well. Because a lot of times at the beginning of a game, if you lose one person in PUBG, we just all blow ourselves up with frag grenades, sit there for another full minute waiting for the game to matchmake, and then another full minute while we're in that pregame lobby before we go in. Side note, another thing I really like about this, no pregame lobby. You just start the match. You don't sit there just running around doing nothing like Fortnite and PUBG does, which is something I personally really like. Anyways, uh, the respawning system allows you to just come back. The, like, and it's not easy to do. This is something that I've been, I, I really like the way that they've done this, is that if it was something where it was like, <laughs> you just jump back in, which is actually something that I saw in Blackout, speaking of which, I haven't played it yet, so I can't really speak to it super well, but apparently as long as one person is still alive in your team in Blackout, there was a certain limited time mode or something along those lines where you just respawn. Your dude just flies out of the sky and you respawn. This game, if you want to respawn, you have to really earn it. You have to fight the rest of the team or sneak your way in, get that dog tag or that card or whatever it is, and make your way to a respawn point prior to them uh, uh, prior to them expiring, which I think is like a 90-second window. And they, I'm sure they might tweak some of these things, but you have to get to that card, and then you have to get to a specific respawn point it's like a 5 to 10 second cast time where you have to stand completely still. So unless you have a Gibraltar to put a shield down or some other way, you're going to be exposed. They come back down. It's super loud. Everybody on the map knows where you're coming in. And you spawn with nothing. It's like it's, the, it's one of the most fair, balanced ways to bring somebody back into the game where you really earn it. There was something like this that I did get to play recently with Realm Royale. Prior to me leaving for this trip, I did play quite a little bit of that. We could talk a little... I don't think we're going to talk about that too much today, but I was playing that, and they have a resurrection feature in that game, too, in which if you kill enough people, or if you loot enough stuff and basically shard it, which is de- destroying the items that you find, you can then go to a specific station and bring somebody back to life with a cast time similar to this, which is good. I think that's a cool way to do it. Um, but I actually prefer this system because it forces you to go to your teammate's body and secure it within a limited amount of time. Both of them, I think, are good ways to do it because it also gets more expensive if you do it in that game over time. But uh, I don't think there's really a big difference in how you implement it as long as it's difficult to actually do. And I think they did a good job of making it difficult. But if you make it out of the spawn, you can just continue going, which I think is one one of the greatest things. We we haven't had to reset yet, and I hope we do not because that's one of my least favorite things is just sitting there killing myself and restarting the game just so I could play with my buds. Um, obviously, the biggest difference about this game to other ones, though, is the fact that this is a... Uh, well, this is a class-based battle royale. Like I said, it's something I've been waiting for. Super happy on that. The loot's been great as well. Um, you find stuff extremely quickly. There's been some complaints I've been hearing in terms of some of the different balances of the weapons in terms of a uh, Mozambique being extremely weak. You could still do some work with it. And I, I personally, I think it's fine if weapons have a uh, different value to them. Like, I, I don't mind it if I see a gun and I'm celebrating because it's a sick gun. Like, if I see a Peacekeeper, I'm rejoicing. If I see a Mozambique... Not as happy about it. I think there's something to be said about guns being balanced, but I don't mind there being a weak pistol. Just like in PUBG, if there's a weak pistol that you find or a weak SMG, 
you kind of find it and you just try and make do with it. And then if you make a play with that gun, you feel even better about yourself because the gun's just not that good to start with. So it's like this just kind of some give and take. Whereas if every gun is balanced and like equivalent to each other, it doesn't even really matter what you take. I don't know, but I'm positive. There's going to be more balances coming to the game as they change it and continue to work on it. Um, and the fact that the game is free, I didn't even talk about that yet is, uh, obviously the biggest the biggest point of it that's kind of the craziest thing that's why i think it's being such a huge contender i remember now the thing that i was talking about about hova's tweet i don't remember if this was the same train of thought that i was thinking but uh it was that PUBG took about six months to hit 10 million players it took Fortnite two weeks i think it was i don't know if i'm just thinking two weeks because Fortnite is you know what i'm saying but it took 72 hours for this game. Kind of crazy. I think that the the audience for Battle Royales is uh, still absolutely massive, even for the people that don't like the game. I think there's going to be a lot that do check it out here. Anyways, the only way to eat, that they make money then is through the cosmetics. I think they're going to do a season pass as well so you can unlock cosmetics. I'm still a little skeptical on how they're actually implementing it because it's really difficult to get the crates and apparently the max level in the game is 100 i also was reading i guess nobody's really there yet so we don't know but once you hit level 100 i think there's going to be more ways to get the in-game currency so you can actually purchase more of the packs i don't know exactly how it's going to work i ended up just opening a whole bunch of them and got quite a bit of good stuff in it actually the fact that they have it set up as well so there's no duplicates from the packs is great i think that's i'm happy that they decided to do that they also have it so so basically whenever you open anything you're not going to get anything that you've already gotten. So whenever you open a pack it's going to be something. A lot of it is just doo doo, you know. It's just like voice lines or stuff you don't really care about or like uh one of my buddies has opened and he's just literally gotten no skins for all his legendary items that he's gotten. They've been these banners which are just like they're cool but it's like you want to get a skin or a gun skin or something. And it's nice that they do have it so you can purchase the specific item that you want as well. That's how Fortnite has been set up, where you ju- the only way to get it in Fortnite is you buy a specific skin. Some of those skins cost $20 just for, or for a, a dance or something, or a glider in Fortnite. And I saw some people kind of critiquing that it's like a $20 purchase for some of the stuff in this game, but it also has zero impact on anything from the game. And you can get these things as well just by playing the game, which I think if there's going to be obviously like a game needs to make money in order to support all the people that are working on it. They have about I think it was about 115 people working full time on this development team to create just this game that they put out for free. Obviously, a lot of players is great, but, um, you know, I'm still always kind of hesitant with um, packs and not getting rewarded for it but that's why again i'm kind of at least happy there's no duplicates and um there is ways to buy just specifically what you want but i know that's a pretty controversial issue and it's in and of itself i've been talking way too freaking long about this game but it's just kind of absolutely taken over uh my channel and everything that i've been doing lately it's i've just been having so much fun with it this is literally like one of the comments i read was uh like it's like this game was made for you this is like exactly it really is like this is this is something that I really enjoy personally and I know not everybody's into it and I still think that there's going to be a massive PUBG audience and Fortnite audience this is one of the questions Kevin K asked me actually on stream and he left it in the comments for this one in terms of the Q&A portion which we'll get to in a second but um yeah, it, it, I, I still think those are going to be around. The uh, The second point, which I've been dying to get to here, pretty cool, uh, that I've been working on for a long time, about a, a month or two, and I had mentioned it in my 2019 goals for the year, is some some more things that I could do to try and help streamers and just figure out what that means and how, how what I can do for that. I know not every not all of you guys stream or do things like that. And that's why it's it's very much a more uh targeted audience per se. But I still wanted to do something for it, especially because I'd love like going to this event, talking with all these other streamers, hanging out with them and 
Like this is, I just love talking about it. You know, this is my business. It's just like if you were into woodworking, you had all your other carpenter friends that you talked to and wanted to share the stuff you made and all that, you know, it's just like that. And, uh, I, I, I really enjoy it. So I made a top 10 tips for streamers, kind of from my perspective of what I've learned in terms of content creation and, um, things that I was just trying to focus when I was thinking about it for my year of 2019, like, what do I want to do? How do I want to improve? What are the things I need to focus on? I put together a top 10 tips for streamers. So if you are interested in that, it's free. Um, I do ask for your email before you can download it on uh, the site. It's pipeline.gg slash SM64 top 10. If you actually go to pipeline.gg, depending on when you watch this, that'll also take you directly to it if you want. If you are interested in checking it out. Um, but I get a lot of questions, a lot of questions from streamers for advice, whether they're new or people that are literally already doing it full time and just what's the latest I'm working on. I ask people as well all the time, what are they working on? What are new interesting things you're seeing? What What's going on with it? Um, and so I put that together. Just some ideas, maybe some inspiration on it, how I kind of approach things. And with that email, I'll ask for feedback on it too in the coming days after. Um, and I really kind of want to try and continue to elaborate on that. This actually was stemmed from uh, Richie B, one of the comments of the that you guys had submitted for this week. He was asking, uh, do I set goals for my future streams like do i set goals for i didn't he didn't specify exactly and it's kind of the the first question i wanted to get into too but uh do i set goals for my streams i don't i set like secret goals for myself in my head of like you know i want to hit two million followers on facebook or two million on on youtube because i'm getting close on getting really close on youtube but uh i have that in my head but I really try not to think about it It's because it's not good to do that, and I don't recommend doing that. Um, the way that I set my goals is like the first episode of this podcast, though. Those are kind of my proper goals. If you go back to the first episode of this podcast, I talk about, you know, I want to do this many episodes of the show this year, three per month of the podcast in particular. Similarly, like when I was doing my, when I do my top play show, my goal is to every Monday do a top plays with 10 incredible clips and a bonus clip. And how do I keep improving that? I can't control other people watching the content. I can't control any, anything like that, but I can control how much content I'm putting out, how good it is. So that's what I try and focus on. And as well as like, if an algorithm's just boning me, how do I work around that? What is still working for other people that are still doing it? And how do I work around that? That's part of like my top 10 um, tips that I put out for Apex Legends. My videos have been getting shafted on YouTube lately because the recommendations and subscribers and the mix of content that I've been doing. But, you know, I knew that video would do great. And it's driven a lot of, uh, lot of traction for my streams. So there's tons of things like that that I'm, tr that I'm always trying to work on. And uh, hopefully that answers your question. Speaking of new things too, actually, I did want to I did want to touch on the Division Two. I got to play that just for a little bit, <laughs> just for a little bit. I can't, uh, I can't really. Uh, it's hard for me to pull away from uh, a new game that I like, you know. So I ended up playing a lot of Apex on yesterday. At the end of the day, though, I did play some Division Two. Unfortunately, when I was playing it, it kept crashing. So we played the first mission. At the end of it, literally fighting the last boss, it disconnected us. So we had to restart the mission. They're not crazy long, but it was just a nuisance. So we had to restart it. We redid it. The second mission, we didn't make it all the way to the end. We were probably like halfway through it, and it crashed, and I just gave up. I didn't want to keep doing it because none of it saved, and I had to go back and redo the mission. And I just wanted to get up and start doing the Dark Zone and start doing some of the PvP and some of the cool stuff in it. Uh, so I really haven't got a great experience in it yet. But what I will say is that I got my first taste of it on the PC. Which was quite different from playing it on the Xbox back in the day. Felt great. 
It was smooth. And we'll probably check it out. Although, yeah, we'll see how it goes. So anyways, let's get to some more of the questions. Because we had a few more here from you guys. Uh, Jake S. asked what I thought was a really fun one. Because I get to talk, I get to talk more about some stuff that I've worked on. <laughs> Said, "What's the best po- project that I've been a part of since I began streaming?" And I didn't know if he meant specifically streaming, like on Facebook or f- kind of full time streaming. I've been streaming for a long time. It's just more recently I've actually set up a proper schedule for it. I'll say one of my. I'll, I'll give you a couple of things. I'll give you a couple of answers to it just in case because I don't know exactly what you're talking about. I don't have you here to ask. I think the coolest project that I ever got to work on, and also I didn't know if you meant like an ad project or like a you know like a promotional thing or just like a piece of content. So I'm also giving you both of those, all right? You're lucky, punk. Just lost him as a supporter. That's okay. Let's keep going. Um, <clears throat> coolest thing I think I've ever been a part of was the launch of Battlefield 1. They did a stream with celebrities and streamers. It was in 20... I think it was the end of 2016 when Battlefield came out. Let me check. Battlefield 1. Launch date. Yeah, October 21st. So it was probably, I think it was E3 2016. Must have been what it was. They did a huge tournament kind of thing. It was best of three games. It was kind of a casual thing, but it was a 32 versus 32. Battlefield won. Uh, They brought in a 32 or some odd uh, streamers, creators, and 32 celebrities. And uh, that was when I got to teach Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa how to play Battlefield. Sit them down on controller and try and teach them. I had about 20 minutes to try and teach them. <laughs> and then uh, we had to go play and compete. And they were basically they were on my team and I was trying to help them. Uh, I was in Snoop Dogg's squad, and I was trying to help guide him on the uh, on the battlefield. I ended up driving him. I got him into the gunner seat on my on the jeep, and he was just trying to gun people down from it while I was driving across the battlefield. And there's the ship, the airship came crashing down in front. It was like it was so crazy, running with him uh, and yelling next to him because we were both sitting next to each other. If you want to see the full video, there is one up on my YouTube channel. Just search something like that on uh, on YouTube. I did a vlog of that day. Probably one of the greatest experiences that I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> with, with gaming and streaming, that whole thing was live streamed. Uh, it was quite interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. My favorite actual video that I worked on of just like, with other people was I did. It was also for Battlefield 1. It was a few weeks later, or maybe a few months later, I guess, because the game would have already been out. And I did a... I don't remember if I even streamed it or not. Or maybe I... I think I must have just been recording. But I was playing with Neebs Gaming. If you guys ever saw Battlefield Friends, that show, Neebs Gaming and that crew, love those guys. I see them at, at events every once in a while. But we we did recorded a video together, and that was some of the most fun... Working on that as well, you know, like recording with them and playing as well as uh, editing that video was was, and then they made one piece of it into like an actual animated bit that I think was on the Neebs Gaming channel. That was so good, man. I I had so much fun working on that. So that was some of that's some of the most fun that I've had. Obviously, this project was a lot of fun too with uh, Apex Legends and getting to play that and do all that was really cool too. Adam A. asked, uh, if I could pick a franchise to make a Battle Royale in, which would it be? This one's a tough question, dude. Because there's... Okay, my answer to this would be the Halo series. I would love to see a Halo Battle Royale, but I don't think it would necessarily do crazy well. Uh, at this point, 
I don't know what anybody's going to come up with next. I was waiting for a game that was a class-based battle royale. I don't know what else is really what is really next in the area. But that's something I would personally love to see. Especially, and I don't remember who I was talking about with this too, but the way that Halo is set up, it's one of the few games where you just spawn in and you have to actually go find that gun and fight to go pick up that sniper rifle or rocket launcher. That's part of the mentality for that game. You don't choose what you spawn with. So if that was it, that's like what a battle royale is. So I feel like those two would cater so beautifully together. Um, might be too late at this point, but I, I have a special place for Halo. And so that's what I would love to see. Jake S. also asked, what's a normal day look like for me? Which is, uh, it can be all over the place from time to time, especially when I'm traveling. But my days are pretty normal. And that's why uh, most of the content that I post on Instagram is not me out doing stuff. It's me playing the games because I don't really go out much. Little secret for you. I'm in this studio with my blacked out window (laughs) all day, dude. I usually get up at about six. Actually, this year has been a little different. This year is I've been I've been typically I was getting up like six thirty, seven thirty or so. This year I've kind of switched it up, but it's been pretty consistent over the last few weeks. So I'll just go with what my current with what my current day looks like. Is I'm usually up at about six six thirty if I'm really feeling lazy. Yeah, about then. Get up, make some coffee. Sometimes I wait on the coffee. And start working. Sometimes that means emailing. Sometimes that means writing. For example, I've been doing a lot of writing, obviously, for this um, top 10 streamer tips. I did a lot. I spent a lot of time working on that. I'm still working on some more stuff in that area. Uh, editing videos, obviously, is a huge portion to it. I also, I'm, I'm what I'm trying to do right now, just a little insight into the behind the scenes. What I'm trying to do right now is every morning when I wake up, do a clip onto Instagram or Twitter or both, depending on how good the clip is. Trying to make my Instagram into like a more of a hub of all my cool clips, moments, life, behind the scenes, whatever. And then my main form content, you know, out on the other platforms. But I still keep you up to date on that one. It's kind of what it's kind of what I'm trying to figure out how to do. So I'm trying to do a post in the morning, edit some videos. This morning I was working on an Apex video, so that is pretty much complete. I'm just waiting on a thumbnail to come in. And that should be up, assuming it is. Otherwise, I'll make one myself. Maybe do some uh, more editing. Maybe do some more calls. Maybe do a stream. That's kind of where my morning is variable. That's why sometimes I start to stream so early in the morning is because if I've literally cleared out as much stuff as I can or if I can't, like if a, game, a new game is out or if there's some other exciting piece of content, I want to be one of the first people to get to it and work on it. Not just for the sake of the content, but also for the sake of I typically actually want to play it or see it. I try and do a morning stream. If not, I get as much stuff done as I can. I start up my stream by 1 o'clock, maybe eat some lunch in there. If I'm lucky, I'll eat. I'll eat. But, you know, if I'm streaming, then I order some food or whatever during the stream. It's not as not as bueno. Stream the rest of the day till about 4 or 5 o'clock. Sometimes I go a little bit longer. Spend about 30 minutes to... Uh, 30 minutes or so planning out where my content's going to go. So uh, whatever I stream, I treat that as like my content recording session, more or less. I used to do all my recording offline, not streaming it. I've kind of adapted it. So I stream all that content now. And, you know, for better or worse, some people don't go back and watch my VOD because they've already seen all of it live. That's cool. I try and make it uh, a little more fresh sometimes, especially with like my YOLO series where I add a lot of text effects and do a lot of really cool stuff. So that way, you know, that's that's a separate show in of itself. Um, oh, the other thing I work on a lot in the mornings is my top plays, obviously. So, yeah, voiceovers, whatever, all the stuff for my top plays. I do that once a week. Typically, that's what my Monday mornings are every week. Sometimes I do bonus plays throughout the week, so I'll add some more in there. Anyways, I plan out, um, send some stuff to editors because I do have a couple that basically help me put out a few more videos per week is currently how I do it. I ideally would love to have it so I have it set up so that the editors take all of it on. Not quite at that position yet, 
but I'm working my way there. So I do a lot of the editing myself still. And um, then they kind of help supplement for more content so I can put more stuff out. And then uh, hang out with the wife for the rest of the night. Just call it an evening for the rest of the day. So that's typically what my, my week looks like. Or my, my daily routine is, Jake. Um, and then Ty asked the question, which I kind of was talking about earlier, but how much longer does PUBG have? Kind of went in with Kevin K's question as well of, will Apex take Fortnite down? Man, the comments want this game, want Fortnite taken to the ground. I know a lot of you guys out in my audience too. I know we have some Fortnite fans in in the audience. My YouTube audience, no, man. My YouTube audience, they don't like, they don't like Fortnite. My uh, Facebook audience, you guys are a little more into it. You guys like it a little, quite a bit more, which is cool. You know, a lot of you guys too. I like the game personally. I watch, I still watch quite a bit of it. Um, but man, the internet, a lot of people want Fortnite taken down. I do not think this game is taking Fortnite down personally. Like I was saying earlier, Fortnite is a completely different game. It's a battle royale, but it is not, it's, it's a shooter, but it's really a building game. If you talk to, I assume at least I haven't actually done it, but I assume if you talk to some of the pros, they would tell you it's a game about building. And if you've ever seen any of the gameplay from the pros as well, a top 20 situation, the zone is as small as a butthole. You're running around 10 stories high, three floors, jumping down. It's disgusting. It's just, it's crazy to watch it. And that's one of the things that I like to see about it. But it is people, it is people building their ass off in that game with a little bit of shooting every once in a while. Um, because of that, and because of the fact that that game has money, they're good. They're going to keep hosting one, two, three million dollar tournaments. People are going to be able to make a cushy living more than any other battle royale. Um, this is just my prediction. I could be way wrong, but this is just what I what I think. It's a well it's a well solidified game. It's going to have an audience. Will this take away from the audience, though? Absolutely. I think this will. It is a free-to-play game. They're planning to make it go cross-platform as well, so you can play with people on other platforms. I don't think they're going to be going on as a Switch or, um, you know, mobile. But, hell, if it keeps doing this well, maybe it does. Maybe it does take over. Um, I still think there's going to be a massive audience for it, but... I think that there's going to be a lot of people that are looking for something new, and I think there's a lot of people that are just playing Fortnite because it's the only free game that they actually like. I think that's why a lot of people, if you remember when Realm Royale first came out, it had massive attention, massive attention. It had a lot of people playing it, but the game was just an early alpha. God, it had so many problems that it was just it didn't stick. And uh, this game being a full launch, it's going to be something that I personally think all those people that were just playing Fortnite because it was a free battle royale, they like to con- they like to get into it and whatnot. I think they're going to probably switch. Do they end up liking a game that's really heavy shooter focused? Though, I don't know. I'm not sure. In terms of PUBG, I think it might take some of the audience there, but PUBG is a very different game. PUBG is a leaning. Serious, hardcore, no hit markers, no, no, like no pinging. Like they do have a pinging system, but not a exact ping location. That is so UI driven. That is so different from a PUBG game. PUBG is like a bare bones UI. They don't show up on the mini map. the The map is just something that you use to reference and know where locations are. Like that is a different game. I don't think it's going to appeal to a lot of those guys. And I've gotten comments from people saying that they weren't interested in it. Um, which is understandable. But so many people, this game, to me, feels much more like, this is much more like an Overwatch slash, which has a massive audience. I've been saying for months, how has Blizzard, how have they not made a Battle Royale for their game? I don't know. It's a huge opening in the market. And uh, 
now it's I don't know now it's probably going to be too late. But anyways, side note. Where's like Ubisoft's Battle Royale? Why why are these comp- they're slow you know what that's what's interesting. They were slow EA was slow to get in on this fight. But they waited until it was complete product to launch it. And that was partly, you know, due to respawn and how they wanted to handle it. We would have heard about this a while ago. But I was saying for so long, how have we been in the dark? And how have they not come out with a battle royale yet? How have they not? It's such a huge genre. Uh, so anyways, now I'm waiting for Ubisoft to see what they come out with. Because I bet you they're going to be coming out with a battle royale. I don't think they have one, at least. Because Realm is um, the guys that make Paladins. That other one. I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyways, uh, I think they're both. I think both the games are going to be fine. Plus, PUBG is so big in like Asia and South America and mobile. Dude, mobile is so huge for PUBG. Now, that's not necessarily purely PUBG. That's actually Tencent makes PUBG Mobile. They kind of license it from PUBG, I believe, is how it works. But I think they're going to be fine. You know, there's enough people gaming now. And, and I think something, too, that I've talked about in the past is think about how many people, their first experience with getting hardcore into a video game was Fortnite. I feel like a lot of those players are probably bored with it by now and looking for something new. I know I personally am. Like, I still like the game. I think it's a great game, but I'm just kind of looking for something new. And that's where this is. This has been great. Do I end up playing this for a month, two months, three months? I have no idea. I have no idea. It's really going to depend on... Um, it's really going to depend on how well they support it. How much, how much they update it. How much does the world change? Are they going to drop new maps? And I would imagine the biggest thing that was hurting Blackout, because I was super hyped for that game when it came out too, but it just got stale. It's, it's an extremely small map. Uh, they really weren't updating much about it. They ended up doing some limited time modes later, but for the first month at least, maybe even two months, they didn't even introduce a limited time mode into the game. Like they had Within three days, they had it for the beta, and then they just never did it. For, for this one. Now they have. Now they've been going crazy with it. But that's also when PUBG came out with their new map. Like, they waited until PUBG came out with a new map. They lost me, personally. I know not everybody's like me. But this is just my... This is my... what What's been happening with me is they lost me because I was back on PUBG. Back on that grind with the new map. Enjoying that. And uh, I've kind of moved on from it. And this is such a great replacement for me. For Blackout. Uh, I think I probably will still go back and play, especially if they introduce a new map or do some more cool things with it. But this has really been tickling my uh, Battle Royale itch quite a bit. It's been great for me. So if you guys have any uh, other questions for me, I would love to hear them for next week's episode. We went over an hour on this one. Almost, almost, almost an hour, which is pretty damn good. Trying to keep these about 30 minutes to keep it a little tighter, but today we just had way too much to talk about. This was just way too exciting. Um, keep an eye out for my post supporters of questions that you can give me to help keep guiding the conversation. If you have questions during the week for my streams, I am live every single weekday, 1 p.m. Pacific, of course, over on Facebook. Upload tons of content over on YouTube. If you're not down for Facebook, that's cool, man. Hey, guess what? If you're down for Instagram, Keep an eye out there. That's all I'm saying. So I'm keeping it simple. All right. Keep an eye out on my Instagram. Okay. If you like the stream, if you want to see some stream. Keep an eye on it. We did it. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to say it. Um, uh, but I do post more full game plays on my YouTube channel, Stone Mountain Plays. And then I'm uploading the highlighted versions up to my main channel on YouTube, as well as, of course, my Facebook page. But you guys are already, some of you guys are watching on Facebook already. You already see it all. Mountaineer gear also was a huge question from the, uh, from you guys. We might work on something on that, all right? For those of you guys that are supporting. But um, that's it for today. 
Thank you guys so much for listening, for tuning in. Thank you guys as well for the uh, incredible ratings over on iTunes. I don't, I haven't been able to to see all of the ones on the other platforms because I don't even know where this, this all just self distributes by itself. So you guys are wherever you can help the stream or the uh, podcast. The biggest thing you can do is help share it, help share my uh, streamer tips guide, all of that stuff. It's that's the biggest help you guys can really provide. That's for this one today, though. I will see you guys next week in the podcast, or hopefully I'll see you in some of the streams or the videos that I've been uploading a ridiculous amount of. Until then, it's Mount 64, over and out.